you could come to those fairs and you could meet the companies and find out who they are. We really don't want you to go pitching yourself to those companies at that time, but you can see the companies they're up and coming and see where you might fit in. In every city, there's actually expos of startup companies where they're actually looking to hire people. So you can go and get a feel for the company, get their business card or whatever, and then send a resume to the founder of the company. And you can get a chance to talk to them at these events. Like, what kind of people are you looking to hire? Are you hiring at all? And that's how you do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everybody. What do you know about angel investors? And more importantly, what do you know about the opportunities they offer, not only to those who have money to invest in a startup business, but to entrepreneurs and job seekers. If this interests you, please listen to what my guest expert, serial entrepreneur Mark Kramer, has to say on this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. To learn more about Mark, listen to the episode and check the show notes. To learn more about how my business can help you share your company's story or learn more about your customers and prospects, please check our website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Well, hi, Mark. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, it's a thrill to have you on. I love when I get to speak with people who are serial entrepreneurs. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is of particular interest. It wasn't that long ago I had somebody on who was talking about crowdfunding and Reg CF. And now we're yeah. going to veer into a different direction, one where you are an expert, which is angel investing. I know that you started the world's first formally organized investor angel network in 1990. If you could please share with our listeners, Mark, when and why you decided to get involved in angel investing? You started out as a sports writer. So how did you yes. get involved with angel investing? Well, the short story is I met my wife and I realized I couldn't afford the life she wanted to be accustomed to okay. and had to leave sports writing and I wanted a family and be married. And it turned out I had a knack for starting things. I had always been starting ventures just to make money on the side, never thinking I would be in business. My dad was in business. I didn't like the whole concept of it because you'd be on vacation. He's calling in every day. I didn't like any of that. And I thought, how cool was it? would it be to be at ball games interviewing athletes? And I did that for five years. Wow. So that was pretty cool. But I started the Pennsylvania Private Investors Group, which was the country, the world's first formally organized investor angel network. 
And the reason I started that was I started the Penn State Technology Development Center, business incubator for Penn State, actually in the Philadelphia area, Great Valley. And my companies, and I had 60 of them, wanted to access capital. And there were only so many venture funds that invest in early stage companies. But I knew there were a lot of wealthy people. I knew wealthy people had invested in companies. There had been angel investors forever, but there had never been a formally organized group that you could actually send a plan to without knowing anybody who had money. And so I thought, what if I started a group like this? And that way, anybody who was looking for money could send us their business plan. And I would have these wealthy people take a look at the plan. We would invite them in. And so our group would listen to two entrepreneurs every month. We'd get like 50 to 100 plans that were sent to us. We had a screening committee. We'd narrow it down. Then we'd have two companies that presented. And then the investors would decide what they wanted to invest in. And nobody had ever done that before. And so when we started it now, of course, it's all over the world. These groups, even in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, has probably like 20-some groups now. But in the beginning, it was a very novel idea to be able to do it. And we were getting deals from Latin America, Europe, everywhere. With Sunday, I ended up on the cover of Profit Magazine, IBM's global magazine at the time, and in Inc. I got to be a keynote speaker for the Wall Street Journal. Wow. So... It was a great experience that helped me win the Inc. Entrepreneur of the Year with Inc. Magazine. And the contacts were great. It turned out I ran the first five years and I felt like somebody else should run it. Then years later, they came back to me and said, this organization isn't going to make it unless you want to come back in. So I restarted it, kickstarted again 16 years ago. And now this organization in its current structure has been running 26 years. Mark, for those people who are not as familiar with angel investing, we probably should have you clarify what it is and also the distinction between it and venture capital firms and funds. So venture capital, which everybody has heard of, is money run by money managers, and they're called alternative money managers. And they get money from pension funds, wealthy, super wealthy people, state pension funds, local pension funds, corporate pension funds, corporate capital, and they invest in money. And they're professional investors that focus usually on an area like biotech or medical device or software or applications or something along those lines. And they're focused on that and they invest money and they get a management fee to manage this and they sit on the boards and all those things. The difference is angel investors are individual people who put money in Typically, as little as 25000 up to millions of dollars, depending on how wealthy they are. I, I know that one time, George Rathman, who founded Amgen and Icos, mm. got $10 million from Bill Gates. And his secretary wrote the check for $10 million. Wow. She had the ability to write up to $20 million. <laughs> So he was a super angel investor. But essentially, angel investors... They would know an entrepreneur looking for money and angels will write their own check and put the money in. Today, angel investors are part of groups and the groups will get together, form a corporation that will invest in the company. So I started a company called Prompt Payment. It was in the financial services area. And so if a group of angels 
from an angel group. We have Robin Hood Ventures here in Philadelphia, which is one of the oldest angel groups in the country and spun off from my group, the original group that I started. They will get a group of angels together and they might put $1 million into a company. Each individual is not listed on the capitalization table as the individual investor. It's Robin Hood, whatever, Inc. And they have invested and you just see one group that's invested in that. But there might be 20 people of the 100 Robin Hood investors, 100 members that all invest in that particular company. So that's really the difference. It's not coming from pension funds and local or state or corporations. It's coming from individuals and they're writing their own checks and they may be writing their own checks with a group of other angel investors all investing in the one company. Just think of angels as wealthy people, typically entrepreneurs themselves, people who run businesses, lots of men and women who are investors. There are even funds that focus strictly on women, focus strictly on minority markets that they want to go and help out. In the angels, there are like chemical angels out of New Jersey and they focus strictly on chemicals. There are biotech angel groups focus strictly on biotech. But for the most part, angels are opportunistic. And for them, the best thing to do is focus on things where they can help sales. Like if you're an angel investor, don't invest in things you really don't understand. You can't enhance the chances of success for your own investment if, in fact, you're investing in stuff that you don't know much about. And for you as an entrepreneur, you want investors who understand what you're doing. They'll be more patient and they can pick up the phone and call people on your behalf to open doors. That is terrific. We may have you give a few more tips later, but those are a couple of good ones, Mark. Yeah. Looking forward is in part about trends. So if we take a look at the last few years, pre-COVID and into COVID, what would you say, Mark, are some of the trends that characterize angel investing? Well, I think the trends you're seeing, especially because of what happened with the pandemic, is that you're seeing more syndicated deals. You're seeing that you meet Mark Kramer in Philadelphia, Mark invest in my company, and I'm looking to raise $3 million. And Mark and his group of angels have invested a million, but we still need 2 million more. Mark is going to contact other angel groups that he's invested with in Nashville, Tennessee, in Los Angeles, California, Boise, Idaho, and let them know about this deal that he's working on and would they like to invest. So that's probably the biggest change that's happened. And before, angels would like to look you in the eye. They want to have lunch with you or coffee with you. But now they don't care about that because for two years, they couldn't do it. Yeah. They know the world has become flat, that you can see a deal in India. You can work with an Indian angel group. They can be the lead. You can put your money in as well. And you've trusted them. They're going to look after your investment. That's fascinating. And we may touch on that soon here as well, India and that sort of thing. I think you alluded to this earlier, Mark. So let's come back to it. It sounds like what you're saying is there are more angel investors that are out there. Is that a correct statement? And are there more entrepreneurs looking for angel investors nowadays than last five, 10, 15, 20, whatever years? Well, I think there, it all depends on how well the stock market's doing because the stock market really hasn't a major impact on the wealth of extra money that people can put out and what they're willing to go and risk. 
when interest rates are zero, that was fantastic time because people want to get a good return on it. If interest rates continue to go up and somebody can go and get a steady 7%, which is the stock market average for a hundred years without really any risk, they're going to go and take that. Yeah. But when interest rates are zero, you need to get a good return. So you're more than willing to take some risk in these companies. And if you have excess cash, angel investors know it's like bothering a lottery ticket. Your chances of success are pretty next to none. But if it does hit, it's unbelievable what the return could possibly be. And the other reason angel investors invest is because it's intellectually interesting, fun to get together with other people on the deal, fun to get to know the entrepreneurs. It's exciting. That's why a lot of people invest. They, they like, they say they want to make money. Of course they do. But at the end of the day, it's really the excitement of seeing what's new out there. And some of the trends you're seeing, cryptocurrency was really hot. Not so hot anymore. Mm. I was working in a metaverse venture and there were 15,287 cryptocurrencies. Okay. There's only going to be about six that survive at the yeah. end of the day because there has to be a utility to them. But now the big thing is AI, artificial intelligence. And you're seeing the chat boxes where you can create books, stories, research, whatever it is. We're not even in the first inning of a nine inning game in this exactly. area. And so this is going to grow exponentially where they're doing your tax, they're already doing your tax returns in India where they're not even having to use people and radiologists and all kinds of jobs are going to disappear or at least be shrunken the number of people you're going to need to do this. So this could be a good thing and a bad thing, like everything else that's ever been developed in history. There's always exactly. people develop every single thing with positive intentions. And other people see it as a way to destroy everybody else. Exactly. There were internet winners, but there were also internet losers. Coming yeah. back to this, entrepreneurs, are yes. you seeing now versus five years ago, 10 years ago, more entrepreneurs looking to you and saying, Mark, help us. We need that angel investor. I think it's always been a steady flow. I think it's more now only because there are classes in entrepreneurship in almost every university. Almost every major university has a major in entrepreneurship. And I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about around the world. I'm going to go teach at Vin University in Vietnam. Yeah. And they have a major in entrepreneurship. And I have a whole bunch of kids there that want to become entrepreneurs. I love it. They're the new rock stars. The Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musk, you know, Bill Gates, you name them. They're the rock stars. They're bigger rock stars than actual rock stars. Yeah. Even when you see George Clooney sold his alcohol company, George Clooney thinks of himself as an entrepreneur and second as an actor. Who's the actor that bought the soccer team and just sold his alcohol company and became a billionaire from it? He thinks of himself again, and he does a ton of movies, as more of an entrepreneur yeah. than he is an actor. Ashton Kutcher is a venture capitalist. Yeah. I want to tag on to that. First of all, I think it's exciting and wonderful that you're going to Vietnam. Who would imagine, right, that this would ever happen? But the relationship has certainly gotten so much better. It's unbelievable. I usually ask my guests on Looking Forward about the rest of the world because Looking Forward is focused worldwide. You talked about India a little bit. You mentioned Vietnam. Israel. Take a look at Israel. 
Yeah. Talk a little bit about what we're seeing with angel investors globally. Yeah. So look, the angel investors are literally all over the planet. There's no country that doesn't have angel investors and grouped angel investors with its own name, whatever city they're in or whatever they want to call them. But you take a look at Israel. Israel has the third largest number of NASDAQ companies behind the United States and China. Wow. The biggest venture capital funds in the world, their second place that they're in, Israel, followed by China. Mm -hmm. And Israel is the size of the state of Delaware, but yet they're a superpower when it comes to technology companies. Yeah. And they have an entrepreneurial spirit there. Most young people, they want control over their lives. They want some work-life balance, so they want to start their own adventures. My daughter has a global marketing communications company, and she said when I was doing it, I was interviewed on PBS. They interviewed her and said, are you going to be like your dad? And she goes, no way. I never want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want my own business. I just want to come in, work-life balance, and work eight to five. She now has a global communications company she's had for 10 years. She's got clients all over the world. She's working a lot because, you know what? I want to be able to live wherever I want to live, do what I want to do, and do it when I want to do it. Yeah. And you're seeing more people, young people and women. I'm 62. The generation of women I grew up with paved the way in a major way for these girls like my daughter to have their own business and not feel there's any glass ceiling. My daughter like is... Her and her friends are like, what are you talking about? Men accept us. They'll invest in us. If I have a good idea, I'm going to get money. They don't even think that's yeah. an issue. But back in 1999 and prior, if a woman had an idea, venture capitalist was worried that she'd get pregnant. What would that, what would happen to the company? They don't hmm. worry about that anymore because two generations of women have shown I can chew gum and walk at the same time. Yes. And the women are killing it in Vietnam. My class, the women are so assertive, so smart that I ask my students, how are your parents raising you? Because that's not what I expected. I expected you guys would take a backseat to the guys, but you're running over these people wow. and they're really smart. Yeah, And you're seeing more and more women entrepreneurs. And when they say, you see statistics that are just wrong in the way people read them, they go, oh, women are getting such a small percentage of the venture capital and angel money. The reason you don't get more is if you don't have a scalable model or the investor doesn't understand what you're doing and can't add value, then you're not going to raise that money. So it has nothing to do with being a woman. So there's a, a woman, Anna Ono, and she has a, a undergarment company for women who have breast cancer. And in the beginning, it was hard for her to raise money because men didn't really understand it. But now she turns out most all her investors are men. And she's killing it. She's doing really well and she's raised more money and she's got a good ongoing business. Yasmin Mustafa created a business called War for Good. And she started this idea because she was in Latin America and women were getting raped every country she was going through. And she thought, wouldn't it be good if there was something they could press a button to let people know that they're in trouble and where they're located? So she created this business with a partner a male partner, and she raised money. And that business didn't do well because dads like me bought it, but the girls wouldn't wear it. She then pivoted to hotels and then the pandemic hit. Then she pivoted again. And now this pivot has stuck and she's pivoted to where psychologists and people who work in prisons, people who are at risk professionally are wearing this button. They push it 
and people know they're in trouble and can come and rescue them from it. Well, now she just raised $15 million. She's got 40 employees and growing at a crazy rapid rate. And she has stuck with this for, I guess, almost 10 years. She's had this vision and has stuck to this. And Ona stuck to this. There's a guy in Canada. He's finishing college now. Started a company called Palmates. What's Palmates? Palmates matches people who have dogs together. So I had an English bulldog. You really can't date somebody who doesn't like dogs. And be better yet if they had a dog. Yeah. Well, that's what he does. No advertising. He has 30,000 users. Wow. That's amazing. No advertising. Got plenty of publicity. Just him. Yeah. Lots of opportunities you're talking about that people have capitalized on. People being able to persevere, critical, and pivoting. Pivoting, pivoting is so important, right? I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it. And about looking forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Mark, opportunities is the biggest focus of this podcast. Our target audience, job and career seekers, small businesses, entrepreneurs, investors, freelancers. Can you share with our audience where you see some of the best opportunities for one or more of those groups within angel investing? If you're looking to raise money, there are so many angel groups and all you have to do is Go to the Angel Capital Association and you'll be able to find the groups and find out what groups invest in what you're doing. So plenty of opportunities there. There's also, if you're a job seeker, you could also go to those groups and say, hey, I'm a consumer brand marketing expert or any of the companies in your portfolio looking for someone with my expertise. And you can go and reach out to them, send them your resume and let them know. You could also come up with your own idea and bring that to them as well. So there's opportunities for people who might want to work with, in some capacity, the angel investors or pursue them with an idea that they have. Yes. How well formulated, how well baked does an idea need to be? Can you come to an angel investor individually or a group with something that's half-baked? You've got an idea, you got a plan, but it's not even gotten off the ground and gotten its first customer. So if you're biotech or medical device, yes, they're based on the science and what they think it could be. And they know it takes five to 10 years or more until these things are going to crop up. So that's one area. 
but almost all the other areas, you're competing with so many companies who are looking for capital that the further along you are in showing that you could be profitable, the better chance you have. When I wrote plans for ventures years ago, if you just had an idea and it had not started, there would be people invested. I created the first insurance product to insure small business bank accounts against cyber theft. I only had a plan. I created prompt payment, the concept of reverse factoring. All I had was a plan. Frankly, right now I have a, a metaverse venture and all I have is a plan. There's a plan. And we have investors interest in, but that's pretty rare because they have so many options, the investors, and they can take that same amount of money and invest in a company, get the same amount of equity for a company that already has a proven product. And proven could be maybe they have $100,000 in sales, not millions of dollars in sales. Because the more sales the company has, the less equity they have to give up, and the more the entrepreneur controls the deal as opposed to the investor. Yeah. Looking at the investor side of this, if somebody wants to become more involved in angel investing, how do they capitalize on that opportunity? What do they need to do? Say they, they're sitting on the sidelines. They say, geez, I just retired or I could retire. I made a lot of money selling whatever they just sold their business. And I haven't done any angel investing. There's opportunities there for them. Absolutely. If you're somebody who's interested, all you have to do is go to the Angel Capital Association, pick the state you're in, and start your own angel group. The Angel Capital Association will guide you and help you start another group. And there are other groups that will even help you start your own group if you decide you want to start your own group. You can look at if you went to the Wharton School or Harvard or UCI, there are angel groups that are just connected with the alumni of those. So there's angel groups everywhere that you can join. If you want to start your own, the Angel Capital Association will help guide you through it. And they'll introduce you to the lawyers to help set you up because you want a venture lawyer to do that work. That's how you could do it. Okay. The other aspect of looking forward is we look into the future. That's looking forward, right? As you look through the rest of the decade, nobody knows for sure. What would you see changing? How do you think things will evolve within the angel investment community, if I can call it that? I just think you're going to see more syndicated deals, but I think they're going to start using AI to grade the deals. Mm. I think in the beginning, they're going to start feeding information and that they're going to develop a set of criteria like money managers do and have a methodology and process for evaluating the companies that they want to consider. It won't be just based on doing due diligence and their gut anymore or talking to people that they know. They're going to be using very sophisticated tools to decide what they're going to invest in. Wow. How about globalization? Will you find more angel investors who are in the United States, Philadelphia area, let's say, communicating with some angel investor organization that's in a foreign country, or does that not work so well? Oh, it worked. People got used to it during the pandemic. And the thing is, the Angel Capital Association has conferences all the time. These angels are constantly meeting and talking to each other and developing partnerships with each other. So you're seeing these syndicated deals. Koretsu Forum, which is the largest angel group and is like a national group. They have chapters all over the country. My gosh, they're doing these syndicated deals all the time. And all over the world. 
and all over the world, not just the United States, literally all over the world. And remember, everybody speaks English. That's the common language that everybody uses. Yeah. Most of these folks have been educated in the United States. Doesn't matter if it's India, China, wherever it is. There's a huge Wharton Club in China. So all of these folks use English as the common language. They've all been watching the venture and angel entrepreneurial world grow. They have lots of friends who themselves have started business. These are no longer rare things anymore. You've already given our listeners several tips. I'd like to see if you can dig into the toolbox and share with us one or two tips perhaps on how people can capitalize on angel investment opportunities. And again, they could be coming at it from the perspective of the job seeker, the entrepreneur, or maybe the investor who's been on the sidelines, now has a lot of money and doesn't know what to do with it. Well, there have been actually a lot of job seekers who invested in companies with the idea that they would come on and play a role, whether it's president of the company. So let's say, for instance, I had a great idea for an app. And I'm not really somebody who had any experience of running an organization. I might track you as an investor into it with the idea that you might put $50,000 in, but become the president of the company. And I would be the chief innovation officer, or I would be the chairman and head of R&D, something along those lines. So you see a lot of investors come in, they invest, and they're actually looking for something to do on a full-time basis or a part-time basis, and they take on a role beyond board member where they're the chief marketing officer or whatever that role is that, that they play. Okay. And for the individual who's mainly interested, let's say, in finding that job that you talked about, where they might do something to market services or do financials, whatever it is, what would be another tip maybe that you would give these people? So you go to the angel, like I run the angel venture fair in Philadelphia and you could come to those fairs and you could meet the companies and find out who they are. We really don't want you to go pitching yourself to those companies at that time, but you can see the companies they're up and coming and see where you might fit in. In every city, there's actually expos of startup companies where they're actually looking to hire people. So you can go and get a feel for the company get their business card or whatever, and then send a resume to the founder of the company. And you can get a chance to talk to them at these events. Like, what kind of people are you looking to hire? Are you hiring at all? And that's how you do it. I just sent somebody who was vice president of IT to an early stage company that I thought could use them because he was looking for a job. He had good experience. The other place where people can make those introductions are lawyers who do venture deals, accountants mm -hmm. who do venture deals, and bankers who work with the companies. Those are all great places to get introductions. That's terrific. Anything else, Mark, that you would add if you were talking to an entrepreneur who has an idea to give them maybe a little edge or save them a little time as they're looking to make their pitch? I think the best thing that they can do is develop a financial model that's extremely detailed so nobody questions whether they have good numbers that are reliable for them. Every investor is going to cut your revenue in half and double your expense. And I've done over 25 ventures and they're always right. 
It's always takes twice as much time, twice as much money and never get to the revenue number, no matter how conservative, which is a word I hate using because everybody says, I've given you conservative projections. The other thing is very few entrepreneurs put a retention plan into their investor presentation. And one of the most important things is how are you going to keep people from leaving you as customers? How are you going to retain them? Because if you have to start from scratch every year, there's no way you can succeed. And I taught 10 years of the Wharton School and I was teaching the MBA program. Not a single student ever put in a retention plan. Wow. I had to teach them that, how important that was. And that's extremely important. And the other thing is that when you are pitching, oftentimes the entrepreneurs are just telling us why they think there's a need, but they're not using a third party statistic to validate why the need is there. Great tips. Thank you. This has been wonderful, enlightening for me. I'm sure it's going to be enlightening for the listeners, Mark. What's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you, about the Angel Venture Fair, the Private Investors Forum? You've got a marvelously successful podcast that people need to know about and anything else that you'd like them to know about before you leave for Vietnam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be reachable there. Not a problem. If you look at angelventurefair.com, You'll be able to, of course, see that. And you can reach me at mkramer at angelventurefair.com. And The Best Business Minds is a podcast where I interview live every Friday business book authors from around the world where you can ask them questions. And we've been doing that for three years and we're booked through May of next year. Anybody can participate in that. It's free. And even if you can't make it, sign up for it. So... M. Kramer at thebestbusinessminds.com. And if you email me, I will certainly send you the link so you can join one of the shows and then you'll always be getting updates. Sounds terrific. I'm going to sign up. Excellent. What do I have to lose? It's free and it sounds like great information. The best business books. Mark, it's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being our guest on Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business and Investment Seekers. Thank you so much for having me. It was great pleasure. Thank you. Same here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward, or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address, jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.